0: All right, Tavosai. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry for the few minutes delay. Just uh, some technical difficulties, but Baruch Hashem, now we are we are good to go. Tavosai. Good morning. Good morning. Hopefully, you've had a beautiful, beautiful first days of Yom Tiv, and let us begin. Today's daf is Membez, and we are going to begin. Emir Hashem, from the two dots on Membez, on the the Shar, Kol two, four, six lines down from the top. The Remember again, yesterday's daf, we were introduced in the Mishnah to the idea that any woman coming off of a relationship, be it through being widowed or being divorced, Halacha Lama has an obligation to go ahead and wait three months before going ahead and entering into a new relationship. The reason for that mandatory waiting period is ultimately again to be marin in order to distinguish, in order to know the paternity of any future children. So says the Amran so "I understand in the case of Yibum why we have to wait three months before going ahead. Before going in and allowing them to remarry. Because as we mentioned before, we want to make sure that we know is the child the son of Ruvain, the deceased brother, or Shimon, the Yavam. But in general, for other women, what, what does it matter? In other words, what Gemara is asking over here is what's the halachic implication? of knowing at the end of the day whose father is who to which the gemara says amra nachmanar shmuel mishum domakra because the pasuk says "Lios lacha lelokim Ulo Zaracha acharacha so I'll say the pasuk says in bereshit vakhumosies brisi benyovencha u ben zaracha acharacha shem says and I will go ahead and establish my covenant between you, between your offspring, with Zaracha Acharacha. So the Gemara Darshan's over here, Zaracha Acharacha. There's a concept to know whose offspring is who. Whose offspring is who the Zaracha So also what is very interesting is some in other words, there's halachic reasons why you would want to know. Whose father is who, or in other words, who is the child of who? Again, in Yibum situation, to know is not as a mitzvah of yibum, There's not the mitzvah of Yibum, Nachala inheritance purposes, but even just Stam, the Gemara says, acharecha." To be able to understand, ultimately, again, proper paternity is a biblical mandate. Even if there is no particular ramification to it. Ultimately, again, there's a mandate to be able to distinguish between the offspring of husband number one and the offspring of husband husband number two. So again, just to clarify, there would be two different reasons why paternity would play a role. Of course, reason number one could be it could have ramifications in terms of inheritance. It could have ramifications in terms of yibum. But let's say there were to be a situation where you know that halacha la there is no inheritance, there is no yibum. I'll give you just a simple example, right? A woman is widowed, a woman is widowed. She gets remarried. She gets remarried. So it's like, let's say both husbands, husband and one, husband two, they're both Yisraelim right, Yisraelim, right, so there's no who, what tribe you're a part of, right, they're both Yisraelim, and let's say husband number one passed away, and he's penniless, so there's no Yerusha, there's no money, so even in a case where halacha l'maysa, there's no necessarily halachic reason that's, that's propelling you to know paternity, there's a general din of zaracha acharecha, it is good to know whose child is who, whose father is who. So the Gemara says, listen to this. I'm sorry, massive Rava. So Rava Reze, Kasha, Ger Ger Lahamtin Gimel This is very interesting about this. We'll so therefore again, the Gemara says, second, I'm sorry. Therefore again, the Gemara says... Good. Master, the Master ger Therefore, interestingly enough, a, ger and a ger is, now here's the interesting, if you look at Rashi, it's almost right across in Rashi, about uh, eight lines up. Gershin is gayer vi ishto imo. Listen to this. Let's say a couple converts. A couple converts together, right? a agioras, they're met. So again, uh, you have a non Jewish man, a non Jewish woman who are married. They decide as a couple to convert. So the Rashi says over here. So listen to this. The Gemara says Rava suggests that a ger and a when they convert together, they have to separate from one another, maritally, for, for three months. Now, when we say separate, is they can't have relations for three months after they convert. Why Rashi says, So listen to this. Couple converts. After they convert, they have to abstain from marital relations for three months. Now, again, why do they have to abstain from marital relations for three months? Pipashtos sounds like a Havchana type thing, right? You know, if she's pregnant, says, I don't understand. Maila Havchinika. They'll say, why do they have to separate? Right? The one thing that's not in doubt in this situation is what? Right? Paternity. Remember again, it's the same couple. It's the same couple. So why would there be a mandated separation period? Listen to this. There is a distinction. Right? What's the distinction? To know, was this a child conceived? Right? In the Kedusha, in the holiness of Yiddishkeit, or not? What we want to know over here was, was this child conceived by Gentile parents, or was this child conceived by Jewish parents? Now, I will say, this is a whole discussion also, because technically speaking, if a woman goes ahead, let's say a non-Jewish woman becomes pregnant, and over the course of the pregnancy, she converts, she converts, so she gives birth once she's already Jewish. So Bepashto, you know, it's an interesting discussion in general about how we view a fetus in utero. But bepashtos right, even though that child was conceived, right, in, when the mother was a Gentile, as long as it's born once the mother is Jewish, that child is Jewish. Again, but yet Rava seems to feel over here that there's a concept of knowing when was the child conceived? When the mother was a gentile, mother was one. Okay, so point over here is Rava was bringing this up as a contradiction. It turns out it's not a contradiction. Rava Amar Gzerah now saying here's what's interesting. Now now what's what's the the general issue? The general issue also of waiting. So remember again, how were we introduced to this? We were introduced to this concept of waiting alt yibum, right? That that haloisa aloch lo votaklo slotisyabim. In general, what we go ahead is, Reuven passes away, he's behind the widow Rachel, here's Shimon, Shimon's willing to, to fulfill his biblical obligation, be it in the form of Yibam or Halitza to his sister-in-law. What he how Shimon is? What? Wait three months. Wait three months. We wait three months before we do anything because we want to see, is the Yavama pregnant or not? That's how this whole discussion began. Once he spoke about Yavama, you know what, any woman coming off a relationship, make her wait three months before we go ahead and do anything, this way we know if she's pregnant, and again, as, uh, as my son Mordechai said yesterday in the Sheer, it's a low plug, low plug, ultimately, again, we don't make a distinction, right? We don't go ahead and say, this one has to wait, this one doesn't have to wait, Blanket rule across the board. that I will say, Surab says, why? What, what are we concerned about? In other words, by Yibom I understand. What am I concerned about by Yibom? What am I concerned about? If she's pregnant and Shimon does Yibom, that's an Isra Da'araisa of Esha Sach, brother's wife. So Rav says in general, in other words, you may come to marry your paternal sister, the or do yivum with your brother's your 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 maternal brother's wife, Essentially what Rav says is, if you get, if you're not clear about the paternity of people it could just lead to a whole bunch of different arayos, to a whole bunch of different situations of immor- immorality, which, which makes sense, which makes sense. if you don't know who's related to who, you could just get into a lot of trouble. Rashi says over here, Okay, we're not going into all the cases, the point that Rav is making over here is that halacha l'maisa, if you go ahead and you don't establish paternity, halacha l'maisa you could end up marrying people who are biblically related to you and ultimately again violate arayos. Good, says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Massive Rav Chananya. So Rav Chananya raised the kasha. Be kulon anin choribem mishum takhanas erevah. Be kan mishum takhanas vlad. Said, here's what's interesting. So Rav, said, so, so Rav Khinina said, I always thought the reason for all of these things was ultimately to avoid erva. Take a look at Rashi. It's right across from Tosas Stam. Right ani Stam. I always thought, said the Gimar Sarafchinov, that the reason the reason we make we create a mandated three month waiting period is said that a man doesn't come to engage in relations with a woman who's an Erevah to him. But here it sounds like the mandated waiting period is not there for the woman, but rather it's there to service the offspring. The Vlad, Erva. And the truth is, again, all of these situations could be for the purpose of avoidance of erva. mishum takanas vlad for the lifka erva, to which the gemara essentially says it's one and the same. Right? Ultimately, again, we mandate this three-month waiting period in order to know the absolute lineage and paternity of the child. So there's a takanas vlad. We do this for the benefit of the kid, but ultimately, in order to what? to avoid violating any type of erva situations. Good. So therefore, will say, we've established, therefore, whenever a woman is coming off of a relationship, there is a mandated waiting three-month waiting period in order to know, is she pregnant <coughs> from the first relationship? And what we've also established, we'll get into more cases, it's a low plug, it's across the board. I will say, I'll show you something interesting, by the way. If you notice, if you notice, ra- so the Khmert quoted the Pusik of Ger Vigior, I'm sorry, the case of Ger Vigioris, right? Husband and wife, Gentile husband and wife who convert together. There's this concept of a mandated three-month waiting period. They have to abstain from relations to know did she conceive as a non-Jew, as a Jew. If you look at Tosis, I'll just show you something very interesting. It caught my attention last night. Tulsis points out a very Ger Mikan Mashma Mashma De Ger mutter I will say, this is actually fascinating. This is actually fascinating. Tulsus quotes an opinion. He's not citing where this is from, but he quotes an opinion over here that says, there's an opinion that says that a Gentile couple, right, meaning a man and woman who were married to each other when they were non-Jewish and convert together, there's an opinion that says they should not remain married. They should not remain married. What are we concerned about? It's fascinating. Tosa says we're concerned about the lusuram. Will they go back to their gentile ways? In other words, since they were a couple when they were gentiles, now it's very nice they converted together. But we're concerned that what's going to happen? They're going to remember. Don't you remember when? Right as soon as they get that first, you know, yeshiva tuition uh, bill, you know, right? Don't you or you know, see the price of shmur matzah? All right, that's going to be it. We're going back. We're going back. So Tosa says, you see from here that we don't pass in that way. You see, that we don't pass him that way. And even though they were, they were married when they were Gentiles, once they convert, we allow them to stay together. So just what so is fascinating, so apparently this opinion does exist. Tulsa says, but we don't pass him that way because clearly, again, the Gemara sets up a case where Allah Chalamay said they're remaining married even after their conversion. Good. Says the Gemara, will say, so let's talk a little bit more about this three-month waiting period. So, so we'll say, now we're going to focus on something very interesting. Why three months? Why do we have to wait 3 months? Sorry. All right, Thank you. Alright, thank you. Says the, I understand why waiting 2 months is not enough. Because we'll if you wait 2 months, that's exactly the de- that's exactly the problem. We won't know what. I won't know. Is this a nine-month baby for husband number one or a seven-month baby for husband number two? Tantin Why not just wait wait a month? Wait a month, let her get remarried. Okay, let's play this out. Yalda, if she gives birth seven months later, right, then high bar Shiva Then this is a seventh month baby to husband number two. yaldan if she gives birth at quote unquote eight months. I mean, eight months after her first marriage, ultimately, this is a nine month old baby for husband number one. I will say, just to point out over here, in the eyes of Chazal, viable babies were born either month number nine, month babies or seventh month babies. 8 month babies were considered to be non viable. Again, this could just, just be, have to do with certain societal factors, it could be in the Shtanu Hateva, but that's the operating. So just wait a month just wait a month, if the baby is born, if the baby is born ultimately again, seven months after the first marriage, then Allah <speaking> is <in Hebrew> again a seven month baby, if not nine month baby, to which the Gemara says, so, the Gemara says, I or otherwise, I yalda, I, I'm sorry, I just lost the place, uh Elatamdin Chodesh, right? Alatamin Chodeshak, Vitina say. Let her wait a month. Ishivil Yalda, she gives birth sat seven months. High Bar Shivil Basr at seven other second husband. Vila Timliya Yalda she gives birth eight months later. High Bartisha Lakama. It's a nine-month baby ultimately for husband number one. Inami. Furthermore, the other possibility is Latamnia Yaldah, Ikalameh de Basrahu, Dilma Ishtahuye istai Chodesh Echod. The other here's the problem, the Gemara says, in which she gives birth at eight months, let's say that's from the second husband, they just waited a month before going ahead and consummating their relationship. Okay, so the point over here is waiting a month doesn't go ahead and solve the problem. To which the Gemara says, Wait two and a half months wait, Two and a half months, why three months? After all, again, the Shiva if she gives birth after seven months, high bar it's a seventh month baby for husband number two. And if it's a six and a half month, if it's a six and a half month baby, then ultimately again, high bar tisha kamahu ultimately it's a nine-month old baby from husband number one. To which the Gemara says, Hi Lakamahu, Basra, because if it would be from the second husband, so the Gemara says, Bar It would have been a six and a half month old baby, meaning six after six and a half months of pregnancy. And a baby born at six and a half months does not survive. Inami. So, so all you have to wait is two and a half months. You not have to wait three. Inami, the Here's the problem. Because if she gives birth at six and a half months, I could still say that maybe it's a hu- baby from the second husband. So I will say this is a fascinating discussion about, we saw this in Messiah Nida about which means that when a woman gives birth, could she have a gestational period of partial months? So this is a machlokas. It's machlokas. So the Gemara says there's an opinion that says yoledes lates, yoledes When a woman carries a baby for a full nine months, she carries a baby for a full nine months. Right? A nine month pregnancy is a full nine month pregnancy. But yet, interestingly enough, sometimes a woman Sometimes women who only carries for seven months, it's not even a complete seven months. It's a partial month, meaning what? Shene'emar. Listen to this. We'll say, where do we see that a seven month baby could be healthy and viable even if not for a full seven months? That's what it means. Keta means a section. To which the Gemara said, Listen to this. Where do we see this from? Shene'emar. to Kufas So we'll say, This is the Pasuk by Shmuel. Right when Hannah gave birth, so the pasuk says, "Vayhi hayyamim, v'atar Shmuel." So the way, so when was Shmuel born? So the pasuk says like this: It was l'tekufos hayyamim. And I both said, "Tekufos, what's a tekufah? A season. A season. Each season is three months. So tekufos, right? Two seasons." would be six, well, let's see the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Mi akufos the minimum number of seasons is two, that would be six months, right? base. And ultimately, again, and the minimum number of days is two. Therefore, again, I will say, what do you see from here? When did Chana give birth? <laughs> Chana gave birth after two seasons and two days, six months and two days. So I will say, this is what's interesting, from the perspective of the Gemara, is that a baby born at six months and two days is considered to be a seventh, seven month baby, that which is viable. That's what it means, Yolades yolades That if a woman gives birth at seven months, she could even give birth in partial increments and it's considered to be a viable baby. Okay, so the point, therefore, so therefore the point over here is that a two and a half, the two and a half month waiting period Ultimately, will not suffice. Doesn't give you the clarity. I, I suppose I, now the Gemara says the truth is v'tamtin mashu Why don't you just go ahead and wait? Rashi mashu is shavua o Just wait a week or two. Just wait a week or two. Let her get remarried. And ultimately, after the passage of three months, let's examine her. Others are both saying. Just let her go to the doctor, right? Let let the doctor go ahead and see if there are any physiological changes indicative of a pregnancy after three months. Remember, the only situation, the only situation where we can't let her get married if she's pregnant is when Yibo, right? In all of the other cases, we're okay if she gets remarried. We just need to know who the child belongs to, who's the father. So, the Yib, I and the Yibom case, I have to wait. But by all of the other cases, wait a week or two, let her get remarried, and at the end of three months, let her go for a doctor's visit, right? And let the doctor determine if she's pregnant or not, to which the Gemara Samarav Safra, in both and Asuos. You can't do that to a woman once she's already married. She yiskanu al I will say, think about, think about, by the way, think about what this does to a, to a Shalom bayis, right? This woman goes ahead and finishes her first relationship, Either she's divorced or she's widowed, she gets remarried, right? She puts on the calendar, three month doctor visit to see if I'm pregnant from my first husband, right? right? I'll be back in an hour, right? You know, you know it's like, let's say, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well, it doesn't bode well for the second marriage. The Gimara says, it literally, again, the literal translation is, she'll become repulsive upon her husband. In other words, if the second husband is going through the first three months of marriage, wondering, is my wife pregnant from another man, that, 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 that's all that undermines the fabric of the marriage. To which the this is incredible. So there's another non-invasive way to go ahead and see if she's pregnant. Check the way she walks. Then I both say this is not what you're thinking. See, when I saw this, you think to yourself, okay, maybe uh, maybe like you look for a pregnant woman bottle, right? You know, maybe, maybe that's no no, because first of all, again, that only develops, potentially develops later on in the pregnancy. Look look what Rashi says. This is fascinating. I Rabu say, I'm in the wide lines of Rashi, four lines in. Molichin This is fascinating. So what you do is if you want to see if a woman is pregnant, so have her walk in afertihuach is loose dirt. This is great. I'll say, apparently, a pregnant woman is, is heavier, so to speak, right? I mean, so to speak. You know, she, she's carrying a, a life inside of her. So when she steps on loose earth, the um, depression is deeper. So I'll, say, I'll just point out something amazing, how... There are so many things you could observe if you're attentive, if you're attentive, right? So Chazal said, there's a very easy way to see if she's, uh, if she's pregnant or not. He asked her, you know, why don't you just walk over here for just a moment? <laughs> so apparently when, when a woman is not pregnant, the depression is X. When a woman is pregnant, the depression is X plus Y. So it's a very non-invasive way to see if she's pregnant or not. To which the Gemara says... To which the Gemara says, it's not going to work and I'll tell you why. So the Gemara says, because this is the kind of situation where if a woman is aware of what it is that's happening, there's a way that she could control the depressions of her footsteps a little bit. Because we'll say sometimes, sometimes a woman does not want, does not want husband number two Ultimately, again, to know that Allah says she's pregnant, even if she knows, because she may want husband number two to believe that this is his child, because she wants that child to inherit husband number two. In other words, she's looking out for her child. So, again, what the Imam is essentially saying is the footstep test. Doesn't always work because Lemaisa, if you're aware of it and you'd like to go ahead and you know, you know, cheat the system, the ability to do so exists. So, we'll say, so therefore, again, the Gemara says, pretty much, although we try to go through all of the options about not waiting a full three months, you have to wait three months. To which the Gemara says, but one second, Hecha de they will say, what about the following case? Let's say, again, leaving aside Yibom, because remember, if she's pregnant, there's no Yibom. But say a very simple case. Reuven is married to Rachel. Ruvayne dies. Ruvayne dies. Rachel knows she's pregnant. Let's let her marry Shimon. Without waiting. Right? I want to say without waiting, right? Why? Why without waiting? Why without waiting? Right? We know she's pregnant. We know it's Reuven's kid. Let her get remarried. In other words, why? In other words, again, Rosé, not Yibum. Again, I want to be clear. Obviously, if we know she's pregnant, there's no Yibum. And because, again, in general, after she's widowed, maybe we don't know she's pregnant. We have to wait for Yibum for three months. But let's say, in a non Yibum scenario, a woman is widowed or a woman is divorced, and we know with absolute certainty she is pregnant, which means that we know that it's Ruvain's kid. Just let her get remarried. The, the, right, the ambiguity is not there. Let her get remarried. And, and Shimon says, I'm fine with it. Good. So we'll say, why not let her get remarried? So Gemara says, listen to this. But I say, we learned that Allah said that what? A man cannot marry a woman who is pregnant with another man's child. Nor can he marry a woman who is nursing another man's child. We have this. We have this. And again, if he does marry her, what's the Allah? He has to divorce her. He has to divorce her. And he's never permitted to remarry her. So again, we saw you remember we saw Hamach locus there. What does it mean he's never permitted to remarry her? Meaning he's not permitted to remarry her ever, not permitted to remarry her for the duration, but can remarry her after the two years elapse? It's Good. We saw that. So the Gemara says, mostly, I don't understand. Halachalam Maisa, in this case, we know that Rachel is pregnant with Ruvain's kid. We know it. We know it. Why not let her get remarried? To which the Gemara says, Gzeirah Shemata'asa Ubra Sandal. Now I will say, that's a different discussion. What are we concerned about over here? We're concerned about in this case, I will say, that if Rachel remarries while pregnant with Ruvain's kid, so let's say she becomes pregnant again. Now I will say, now remember, as, mu- as, much as, as much as a woman, we generally feel a woman can't become pregnant once she's already pregnant, right? There are certain abnormalities that occur with ectopic pregnancies or other things like that that could potentially occur. So what we're concerned about is she's gonna become pregnant again, and that second pregnancy, albeit a non-viable one, will imperil the first pregnancy. Therefore, we say to a woman who is pregnant, do not get, we say to a man that he cannot marry a woman who is pregnant with another man's child. Well, one second. If that's the case, if that's the case, the Gemara says, He <inaudible> will say if that's the case, then the truth is, when a woman is pregnant, she shouldn't be permitted to have relations with her husband. Her own husband, forget about it, a case of being widowed. If we're concerned that when a woman is pregnant, she's going to conceive again and imperil the first pregnancy, then when a woman is pregnant, she shouldn't be able to have relations with her husband. To which the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, So the possibility, number one, is that when a woman is pregnant, we allow her to use certain forms of birth control in order that she doesn't potentially conceive again, or Rabboh say the second approach is min yirachamu. What's min hashamayim yirachamu? Hashem will have compassion. In other words, I will say an incredibly profound yisod, which is you can't go ahead and avoid every potential dangerous situation. So, is there a potential danger of a woman conceiving again and imperilling the first pregnancy? It exists, but la you also have to live life. We also have to live life so we're not going to tell this couple that they can't maintain a normal intimate relationship Mm -hmm. because of a potential danger. So either either we let her use birth control or again, (laughs) it's such a profound so We see this. You know, people who try to mitigate every potential risk, and every potential, you drive yourself crazy. At a certain point in time, you just have to say, I'm going to live my life, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take care of me. It can't be reckless, can't be reckless, but you have to live. So, we'll say, so why don't we say why don't we say the same thing in this case? In other words, so let Rachel get remarried, and again, either let her use birth control with Shemin. Or again, say, HaKadosh Baruch will take care of them. To which the verse, El Mishum D'Chasa. say, this is actually very interesting. What are we concerned about? We're concerned that Allah when she has relations with the second husband, the fetus is going to end up being, getting, getting hurt. In other words, that, the, that as a result of relations with the second husband, the pregnancy is going to be imperiled. To which the Gemara says, I don't understand. So why isn't that also a concern in a regular marriage? So why don't we say that, even in a regular marriage, a husband can't have relations with his wife because he's going to go ahead and hurt the fetus. To which the Gemara says, let's say, Because, of a, a man, when he knows that his wife is pregnant, he's going to be gentle, right? And he's not going to imperil her. To which the Gemara says, say, Jews are good people. So again, so even Shimon is also, he's not going to imperil the fetus, even if it's not his baby, right? To also be gentle. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, the truth is there's a different reason. When a woman gives birth, the Gemara says, what happens after she gives birth? She nurses Right? She nurses most women. I will say, it's very different today. Right? Today, a woman has a choice. Does she want to nurse? Does she not want to nurse? Right? But Lamaise again, Lamaise Gimara was certainly much more common because Allah that was the primary form of sustenance to which the Gimara says, Dilma amepeis, Dilma i abra I will say, what are we concerned about? What we're concerned about is as follows. Since generally a pregnant woman ultimately transitions into a nursing mother, what are we concerned about? If she becomes pregnant, so pregnancy apparently goes ahead and diminishes the quality of the milk supply. And if that happens, then halacha that imperils the child. the And ultimately, chas go ahead and lead to the demise, chas of the child. What the Gemara is saying is like this. The reason you can't go ahead and marry a pregnant woman, right? So let's say again, ruven dies, Rachel is widowed. We know that Rachel is pregnant. We say, okay, there's no shiloh of paternity. Let Rachel get married. What are we concerned about? We're concerned that Allah isa right, Rachel's going to give birth, not because Rachel's going to give birth, and then ultimately, again, if she's remarried to another man, what's going to happen? She's going to become pregnant again, and while she's nursing the baby, her milk supply will be diminished and put the baby in peril. Therefore, Chazal said... Do not marry a pregnant woman, do not marry a nursing woman, wait till she finishes nursing, that way the milk supply is intact, then you can marry her. To which the Gemara says, Well, if we're concerned that a nursing mother will become pregnant and thereby diminish the milk supply, imperiling the child, denami. <laughs> the Bible says, shouldn't that be a general concern? By what? By any by, by, by any marriage. So the halacha should be that a man should not be permitted to have relations with his wife while she's nursing, lest she become pregnant and have a diminished milk supply, thereby imperiling her child. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Let's say a man, a man, if his wife becomes pregnant while nursing, will supplement the diet of his nursing child, with milk and eggs. In other words, so if, if I know that my wife becomes pregnant while she's nursing, I'll take care of my kid. I'll take care of my kid. I'll supplement my child's diet with other things. I says the Gimara. So I will say ultimately again, so why do we say that also by Shimon? So if Shimon marries Rachel while she's nursing, while she's pregnant, even if she becomes pregnant while nursing, Alt and her milk supply becomes diminished. Shimon will go ahead and supplement the baby's diet with milk and eggs. To which the Gemara says, Lo yoyev lebal. Not necessarily. The Gemara says, Unfortunately, Shimon may be a bit more reticent to supplement the baby's diet. Since Shimon knows that what? That what? That baby is what? Not his. It's not his kid. So maybe he's going to be a bit more reticent to support that child to supplement the diet. To which the Gemara says, V'letabine liyorshin. So let her go to Beisdin, let her go to Beisdin, right? Let the mother go to Beisdin and go ahead and make a claim against the inheritors of Ruvain's estate, right? Because this is Ruvain's kid. So let her sue them for support, so to speak, of Ruvain's kid. Abai says, a woman is embarrassed to go to Beisdin. They always say, says she's going to kill her child. It doesn't mean she's going to kill her child. What it means is the child will die as a result of neglect. Again, the mother, because in this case, the mother is in a very difficult spot. Right? She's in a very difficult spot because Lamaisa, husband number two, doesn't want to go ahead and supplement the diet because it's not his kid. And husband number one is dead. And ultimately, the only way for her to get support from husband number one is to go to Din to sue the heirs. And it's uncomfortable for her i say in general, it's, I'll just point out, you, it's, it's something, in general, something that we have to take to heart about making sure that women are comfortable if they have to go to din. It's difficult for a woman to go to din because is often is often a man's world. So it's, you know, again, it, it's amazing, certain systemic issues that still apply, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard for a woman to go show up in a Beis Din. So again, and the concern if a woman is not made to feel comfortable in a Beis Din, ultimately the stakes can be exceptionally high. So, we'll say what comes out of here? This is fascinating. A woman doesn't get remarried for three months after being widowed, divorced, yibum. The Yibong situation, Rabosa, is abundantly clear, because that we really have to know with absolute certainty, is she pregnant or not, because the stakes are very high. But you begin to see, is in every case, essentially we just mandate a three-month waiting period. The most extreme case, said, the one we just read, is even if we know she's pregnant, right? It's wild. We know with absolute certainty she's pregnant. But it turns out, even so, even so, there's a concern that a, right, a pregnant woman becomes a nursing mother, and the real concern is, lest she become pregnant while nursing again, the concern ultimately for the potential neglect of the first child. So in order to just avoid that, Hazal said, three-month mandated waiting period, this is a separate halacha than the idea that you cannot marry a woman who is pregnant with another man's child or who is nursing another man's child. Chazal put that law on the books in order to protect the child from the first husband. Incredible. Good. Achas 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 bu'los. Remember again the Mishnah said, the halacha of the mandated waiting period waits for basulos. I told him who was a virgin or a woman who is not a virgin, to which the Gemara says, He knew a basulos, arusos; He knew a bullos, he nisuos. So, the Gemara quoted two categories: Basulos <laughs> arusos, rusos, Bullos nisuos. I'm going to be who the Haggemara means to say: Achos basulos, Vachas buulos, Whether a woman is a basula or a woman is a baula, Shinis armulu, shenis garshu. Whether they were widowed or whether they were divorced. Whether from irusin or whether from nisuin. So the first opinion in the Mishnah said, it doesn't really make a difference what the status of the woman is or what stage of marriage she is coming off of. If you were married, baula does It doesn't make a difference. Once you end relationship number one, there is a mandated three-month waiting period before you get into relationship number two. So it says, Rabbi Lazar, one day Rabbi Lazar didn't come to the base medrash, he found Rabbi midrasha. so he said, tell me, what did the Rabbanim say in the base madrash What did they say in the base medrash? Rabbi Yassi said, Rabbi Yassi, that the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi. That's what they said ultimately in the base measures. So again, remember, remember, um, we had Rabbi Yossi said, Rabiosi said, Kala Noshim was the one who said that in all of these cases, erosin is always permitted. In other words, if you want when a woman ends relationship number one. Erisin is always permitted. There's no problem with Erisin, right? Why no problem with Erisin? Why not? Why not? She's not living with her husband, so there's no problem, no potential of getting pregnant from husband number two. The only exception is Almana because Almana can't get married immediately because of Avelos. It's a totally unrelated issue. So says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So so listen to this. So therefore, Rabbi Lozor didn't go to the base midrash. He found Rabbi Asi. Rabbi Asi, I said Rabbi Asi, what do they say in the base midrash? Halachas like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said like Rabbi, Osser. Rabbi, Osser. Rabbi, Osser. Rabbi, Osser. Rabbi Osser. So we'll say, so. here's what's interesting. The fact that we say that al is like Rabbi indicates to us that Allah, the one who was arguing Rabbi Yossi was a Das yachid, an individual opinion. Right? Because we'll remember again, that if the Tanakhama in the Mishnah was the Rabbanon, right, was a group, then by definition we would have followed the group. Because whenever you have rabbin Rabbim versus a yachid, the Allah follows the Rabbim. So it must be that if we're saying Allah follows Rabbi Yossi, that Rabbi Yossi's disputant in the Mishnah must have been another individual opinion. So the Gemara says, in, yes, that is true. Is that true? I'm sorry, the says, in Batanya, we support this, and I was about to say, is the bread supporting this? Listen to this, I'll we'll say very quickly. Let's say, I will say, a woman was, she, she didn't have Shalom bias, right? Couple didn't get along. So often she was spending a lot of time at her father's house. Or she was angry at her husband, and therefore they were not intimate with one another. Or her husband was incarcerated. Or her husband was very old or very sick. Or she was very. Or she was very ill. Or she miscarried after the death of her husband. Or she was sterile. Or she was old. Or she was very young. or islandis. Or she was just unfit to go ahead and give birth. So i will say, so remember again, what's coming down in all these cases, Come down in all of these cases, this woman is not pregnant, right? This woman is not pregnant, either because of physiological factors or because of circumstantial factors. But we know she is not pregnant. What's She asked me three months. These words, Rabbi Meir, Ultimately, Rabbi Yehuda, not to R.A. not miyad. alt Rabbi Yehuda says, that she is permitted to go ahead and do erusin immediately. So Rabbi Osei, what do you see? You see that this is a machlokas between individuals. You have Rabbi Meir saying you have to wait no matter what, three months, and Rabbi Huda saying ultimately she can go ahead and do erusin immediately. Therefore, abosai when Rabbi Yochanan said that the halakha follows Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah, Rabbi Yosi holds like Rabbi Huda, namely that a woman could do irisin immediately. We can say that the Elohim follows Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi Yossi's disputant in the Mishnah is another individual. And therefore, because it's individual against individual, therefore, you can say that Allah is like Rabbi Yossi. But so we'll stop over here for today. Again, I'm leaving you off mid machlokas. Yes, there's much more to do in this. A very, really fascinating Sui said of us over the next two days. We'll continue here tomorrow. Shukriya Chavosai and a good night.